Hello, Rip City. To all of you here in town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying this beautiful weekend, the 11th and the 12th of January. We are doing a dual recording session for this episode. I'm what up? Feltner Smith. He is Ty Delbridge. And you are listening Keith, to if the people Podland want to reach us on social media, where can they contact us? They can contact, contact us they want at to send us a fancy dancy email, where should they uh, contact us to that? I love those emails, man. They are so dancey fancy. They can always send us those emails at and whatever at podcast platform they're listening on. Maybe iTunes. Maybe it's Google Play. Maybe it's Stitcher. What should they be giving us? Five that was very impressive. That was like a that was like a WrestleMania <laughs> voice right there. And these beautiful, awesome sounds that we are hearing. Where can these sounds be found? These beautiful beats are from Odar. They can find them at soundcloud.com slash odarbeats. And please always support your local beat makers as well as our podcast sponsors. They are always helping us out. Please help them as well. Uh, sponsors such as, clearly speaking, you can go and find Brenda Nuckton, a licensed speech and hearing pathologist over at clearlyspeakingoregon.com. She can help you with all of your speech and hearing needs such as stutters, such as speaking too fast, accent reduction, any sort of voice fatigue that you deal with. Uh, she can help you out from any sort of, uh, whether you're a podcaster or any sort of other public speaking professional. Go and see Brenda at clearlyspeakingoregon.com. First things first, Ty. Uh, last week, we had our first episode of 2020 of the new decade, and it was a lot of fun uh, with Sean Hyken. And actually, let me apologize both to Sean and to you and to the listeners, anyone else out there that might have noticed on this last episode, it might have been missing a little me? something. Did you hear it? You wouldn't have heard, well anyway I mean in general the the real pun there that I didn't even intend is you wouldn't have heard it basically this last episode I put it out with all the oh, yes. music out <laughs> like it had it had the intro and the outro in there because I kind of you know bent or bookmarked the uh, start and end of the show but I filled in all the songs and I must have like clicked mute or just that that one track with the music the audio did not get put in there. I didn't notice until like halfway through the week uh, when I was listening and uh, I felt a little too busy and distracted to go back. So apologies to anyone who heard uh, kind of a different style, uh, a little straight up talk show last week. But hey, let us know what you think at Trailcasters on all the social medias or send us an email, a fancy dancy email. Uh, and if you can, uh, if you like the episode, if you like more of the talk show yeah. feel, let us know. Maybe we'll kind of tone down the music a bit. Or if you missed it, let us know that too. And maybe we can find some new hot beats for you. So either way, uh, that's Epi- or issue number one. No apology for me. I think, me to I think all they'll of you. be all right. <laughs> and maybe, like you said, or maybe yeah, like, I, it was I like don't a happy like accident, and maybe people like the talk show host for us. Yeah, let us know. Yeah. yeah, dude, we always love the feedback. So the more that we can get from you guys, the more you can write us and tell us what you like and don't like, what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear about, the more we can tailor this show to be able to show that you want to hear. Uh, so yeah, without getting too redundant on that, let's move on. I want to give some other quick shout-outs here before uh, uh, we we get towards some other bigger topics. But also, in last week's episode, we had that we talked about that big holiday break, the break that was supposed to be a short one, ended up being more of a two-week break for you and I, Ty. But during that break, I got together with some people. Shout-out to Ryan Witte of the Blazer Tag Podcast, as hey. well as Christian Gamelin and Austin Caphammer of the Peeps and Plaid Podcast. Hey. Witte came with me to a game against Phoenix, and actually shout out to Eric Ringgren as well for uh, hooking me up with those seats. But Witty came with me to a game against Phoenix, and we met up with Christian Austin afterwards. So I had some nice kind of uh, interpod discussion, and I uh, thought about recording this. I set my phone out there with the the voice recorder on the table as we're having some ciders after the game and talking about uh, the game against Phoenix, which could have been better for, for the Blazers, but that's all in the past. Point being, though, recorded that audio, 
and listen to it later. And I don't know if it was the table bumping around or too much just background <laughs> noise, but that audio was no good. Uh, so shout out to those guys. But yeah, that, that's just not that raw audio. For the that show raw here. phone oh, we'll audio. have to get them back on another time. Yeah. <laughs> We've had Witty on though recently. We'll have to get Christian and Austin both back on here though to kind of make up to them. Uh, and also, last shout out, and then we'll get on to actual basketball, I promise. But shout out to Rip Twitty and Alex Haig uh, in particular. They hosted another awesome watch party at Ancestry. Uh, and, I, and you know, shout out to Sage and all the other guys, Sean Hyken as well, uh, that we were all hanging out that night, uh, having a, a very good watch party. They've, they've been throwing great ones over to Ancestry uh, with Rip Twitty there. But Alex also gave me some great... Uh, Blazers paraphernalia, some Blazers swag, some really old school stuff that I don't want to go into all the detail, but it basically is just decorative for when I get the studio set up and when we finally get our visual aids here and, and get our stuff uh, up on YouTube. But it's going to be rocking. I've got all sorts of awesome Blazer gear. It's going to be, I think at this point, I've got enough that I'm oh. even going to have to like rotate things in and out of the background because i got a small room in there, only so much space on the wall that you can see on camera, but it'll be good, man. We're going to get some uh, some nice kind of a uh, mix-up. Maybe people have to start calling well, out like, like Where's Waldo? Where's the... And maybe you can like hide yeah. a bobblehead around. Yeah, and where's the bobblehead this time? <laughs> oh, dude, I got like I, I got probably a dozen bobbleheads. I got like I got like three Damon Lillards. I got I have a Nate McMillan that I'm looking at right now. I got like a, a an uh, Odin. I got a Joel Pasbilla. I think up there too. <laughs> uh, shout out to Joel too. One of hey. one of the few Blazers that I've actually like played ball with. I mean, I love that story. I'll tell tell that at some other point if no one's heard it before. I, I feel like I've heard it once not. before, but it have might have been one? when I was a guest on the show, so I don't even remember. But I feel like I've heard that one before. Oh, like back in the day. All right, so let's uh touch on some actual basketball before we get our guest in here. Um last week we we forgot about this one too. Kind of a heavier topic, kind of a bigger one. So I don't want to spend too long on this, but we should at least address it and yes. pay respects to David Stern. The former commissioner passed away. Uh, I, I, I can't really give a good timestamp on it at this point because we're a little, like I said, past, uh, past the point. But uh, the bottom line is th this dude, as, as much as he was, uh, he was kind of a controversial commissioner, uh, he, he was, I, I, that's what it was. He was 77 years old when he died. Uh, unfortunately, suffered a brain hemorrhage in, in December. Uh, the, and like I said, he was criticized for a lot. But the bottom line, the NBA today would not be the same without nope, David Stern. not Stern's at all. Injuries. It was, uh, I think it was January 1st when he died. I think that or the 2nd. It was one of those dates he died. Was it? Uh, yeah. The, I think our league definitely would be, I mean, we probably wouldn't have a league now without him. He Just the way he was able to sell, like, the NBA to, like, these TV deals and get uh, more market, right. get more fans. He was all about the fans and all that stuff. So yeah, uh, same with how like the NFL commissioner, I think it was Pete Rozelle, like the same way he kind of saved the NFL is the same way he kind of saved the NBA. Like they had all these billionaire or, or I guess maybe like they were billionaires back then, but these really rich owners who they had this basketball league, but it wasn't really thriving. So he was able to come in and go, Hey, yeah, like you have more money than me, but I know how to run something, so let me save your lead because all your money will go to waste. So, yeah, mm. you might be bigger and more powerful than me, but you need me. And they realized it, and they're like, yeah, because if we don't have somebody actually run this league, then we're just wasting our money here, and what is this? So he was able to come in and kind of be stern with them, and which is kind of pun intended with David Stern, but he was able to be, yeah, like that, and then not really have fear <laughs> of, like, getting fired or, like, or like just, like, worrying about these owners. He was like, all right, right. Didn't, like, then, like, Good luck, like finding someone who will fix your league. So yeah, I think he was a 
definitely very influential. Um, I listened to a couple podcasts the uh, last couple of days, so that's why I'm able to know some of this stuff. I wasn't very uh, David Stern. No, man. Yeah, before, hit me with it. Yeah, it was definitely like really, really nice to hear all the stuff he did do. Uh, I think it was Kerry Eggers was on the Full 48 pod with, I think, Howard Beck. And which was he told some great stories about David Stern because I think he traveled with him to Europe, all that stuff. Yeah, right. Kerry Eggers from right here in Portland. He works right here at the Oregon. I definitely recommend listening to that uh, thing because he had a lot of like really nice stories and really like info and stuff. So, yeah. Again, just to expound on what you were saying, too, David Stern was still an employee of these the team owners like they were his boss. But like you said, he had total job security. They're like he could stand there and do whatever he wanted. He could. He was very famous for saying things that were not always PC. You know, he'd say things that were people weren't always happy with, and he just kind of would. He'd say it and say, "Yeah, that's the truth. Deal with it." Uh, and you know, I, I when I uh, in my younger days of being an NBA fan, I didn't know as much about kind of the background. Yeah. I was more just kind of the when you were the surface basketball fan, you may not have realized what kind of good he did around the league. You may have really just seen the dress code stuff and kind of maybe what the players, kind of their response. Again, the surface response to a lot of what Stern did was not very well accepted by people. But yeah, you look back uh, and the the big famous line that you hear on a lot of these pods as they're giving eulogies for Stern has been the playoffs and the NBA finals before yeah. David Stern were on tape delay. Like not even on a good network, imagine but on that. tape delay. I, that's, that's, that's incredible to think about. It was only what, 30, 40, yeah. 50 years ago, we're talking at most, less than that probably, uh, if you looked at the actual date. And now to a thing where we come now where, I mean, the, the NBA Finals rivals everything. I mean, I understand the Super Bowl is a big singular event, but, you know, it's got different metri- metrics yeah. between that and the World Cup and all the rest. But the NBA Finals, they, they are up there. They, are, they have their own place in that kind of that, that tier. No, definitely. Of, uh, and then also what was awesome about David Stern is he was just obviously – he was really good at his job. Um, he might have gotten away with that Chris Paul Lakers thing. Some people have said, but what was also pretty nice about it is, hey, or what yeah. was good about it is, he <laughs> left the NBA in good hands. Like with Adam Silver, like he didn't just leave and go. All right, go find somebody. Like he kind of prepped Great him, boy. and then like I felt like when he felt comfortable to leave, he gave it to Adam Silver. Which because I really enjoyed like what Adam Silver's done so far in the league. He's, I mean, not too much like that, but. I think it would have been interesting to see David Stern yeah. during that whole China fiasco, though. With his, it, I would have nice or seen right. him in his prime because I feel like he almost would have done the exact same thing, but he almost maybe could have caused more waves. Yeah, that's really interesting, dude. Because uh, uh, yeah, and again, like, because I, I totally agree. Silver has done an excellent job as a commissioner. He's been commissioner since uh, uh, David Stern mm-hmm. retired in 2014, I think is what it was. So Stern has had five years, going on six now, and one of the first things we saw. Oh, I said Stern there. Sorry, Silver has had five or six years now. One of the first things we saw from Silver was getting rid of uh, uh, mm-hmm. Donald Sterling out in L.A. All these names are kind of blending together, mm-hmm. but Sterling being the racist owner of the Clippers, uh, Silver came down very hard and fast, and it was kind of one of these things where people at the time were almost like, whoa, would David Stern have handled it that way? Would if he had gotten him out? Because obviously Sterling had been around for a long time when Stern was commissioner. But the China thing, that's a great comparison. I don't know if I entirely agree that Stern would have handled it the same as Silver. Uh I almost feel like Stern yeah. had a little more of that kind of that fire where he might he might have just kind of said to China be like yeah th- you know I mean that's what I'm saying yeah like he like, might have caused more like, waves more, uh, more of a stressor on this than yeah. Adam Silver did <laughs> yeah so maybe that's the thing maybe Silver was a bit more of the uh, the yeah. the good ambassador to kind of go over and handle an international situation that let's be yeah. honest stretched well beyond basketball this was not just about basketball there was a lot of cultural and economic uh, uh, factors at play there. 
Anyway, yeah, um, rest in peace for David Stern. He he did a great job, and thank you for everything he's left us with in the NBA. Let's talk about some other history, a little closer to home for the Blazers. Did you see what Whiteside uh, was, the milestone that he passed the other night? I don't remember exactly what I game it was. But, yeah, uh, he got to that, basically, that rare club. In That rare club, including only four people now, uh, when you factor Whiteside in, but in the first 36 games of a season, only four players have hit 500 or more points, 500 or more rebounds, and 100 or more blocks. That would be uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Bill Walton, shout out to former Blazer there, and Shaquille O'Neal, and now Hassan Whiteside. So how about that? Two of those four, two oh, of those wow. four are Blazers. I feel like that's oh, yeah, definitely we can flex, flex on, on that, that a little bit. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> Although uh, to be fair, I don't know if Bill Walton's season where he did this was in a Blazer uniform or not. We'll, we'll, we'll say it we'll, is. We'll pretend. We'll, we'll just hope. Uh, I'd say. It. <laughs> I like it. We'll I, I it. mean, I feel like the people like you have to respect what Hassan Whiteside is doing I I mean I know he has his critics and I criticize him too as well but like I mean just look at the stats like you gotta respect the numbers he at least puts up like some people could say he's lazy or he doesn't impact winning and I mean that could be true but if you look at his numbers he's he's putting up these stats so respect to him yeah man it's it's crazy because it it I, we could go, We I think we could probably do not only an episode, we could do entire full episodes about just d- debating Hassan Whiteside and whether or not, like, where his oh, yeah. fit is and, like, what qualifies him as far as a basketball player. Uh, I've had some really interesting discussions around, like, Office and Twitter and all the rest of the stuff, too, on exactly that, where I can't call him lazy, but he certainly has an issue with motivation. I can't say that he doesn't uh, influence winning. Like, he certainly, he puts up too many numbers to be ignored, but... He doesn't play within a system. No. He doesn't really help a team win. He just kind of helps by being on the team. It's interesting. Uh, it's, it's I don't know. It, it, there's some there's some really interesting. It's it's such an interesting kind of duality about it. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe eventually, maybe if we uh, get uh, Trailcasters like kind of website going and get some writing up, or if you feel like writing any of this over with uh, with your stuff, man, we could do a whole like essay, an in depth kind of piece on it. Because I, I think there's there's a lot to talk I about. I feel like Hassan we'll Whiteside, or let's future. say he was born back when like Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Walton were playing, and he was one of those guys. He'd be like, he yeah. might be like top five, arguably, because he would have put up all these numbers against these people, and his stats would have been insane that people would have been like, Hassan Whiteside. I mean, he just right. didn't get born in the right era to get super respected. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's kind of a point there because back in the day, basketball was a a lot yeah. more focused on the big men on the front court, and b it was a lot more of an individual's game. There was a lot less of this kind of like team system ball going on, uh, in most oh, senses. Yeah. There were certainly exceptions to the rule there, uh, but uh, but yeah, I think you're totally right about that. If if Hassan, the other side of course is back in the day, these players no, were yeah. older, so you wouldn't see Hassan where he is now. We, he, you have to look at Hassan like three or four or five years down the line. How is production still holding up? Uh, but I mean, yeah, he would have been banging around those dudes. He, you certainly got to believe he'd be in yep. plenty good physical shape to be p- banging with them. And if he is putting up anywhere near his numbers, yeah, we could literally, if he'd been born in the seventies, eighties, nineties, we might be talking about Hassan Whiteside in the same breath yeah. as Walton, Shaq or, or Kareem. But That's kind of crazy. Not now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not now. And we won't have this, uh, this whole discussion has got to be not now. It's too deep, man. We, we got plenty more to get to. Okay, so beyond Whiteside, let's look at the Blazers as a whole. We've had uh, four games in the last week. 
uh, since we talked with uh, with Hyken. And shout out to Sean as well for that hey! one. He mentioned that Nasir was not listed as injured for that Miami game after he, after we pod, uh, recorded that night. And sure enough, uh, Nasir did play against Miami. Unfortunately, it still resulted in a 122 to 111 loss down there. Uh, this was that Whitehead return game that we talked about as well. CJ had his his illness going on, which obviously has kind of spread further than CJ at this point. But anything that uh, that you want to highlight um, from Miami, just move straight. Yeah, on. that just wasn't wasn't a very good game. Uh, oh, how about this? Oh Anthony yes, and had his dunk. His Anthony, his dunk to give himself a look at the NBA slam dunk contest. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Basically, Ant threw down a giant one-hander at one point uh, in the game against Miami. Yes, and it has started all the talk on social medias. And even the other day, uh, someone, I think, pregame was interviewing him about, like, would you want to be there? And he basically is saying he's not going to campaign for himself, but if they want him there, he's not going to say no. So, I mean, yeah, it seems like typical Anthony Simons fashion, right? Like, he's not out there with too much of a mouth for himself, but he's... Putting in the work, man. Like I, what, what do you think? Would you see him in the dunk contest? I think or is he more eventually we will. I don't think we'll see him this year because I feel like they're they're kind of throwing no. it back. Like they're bringing like Dwight Howard. It looks like maybe even though he says it's not confirmed. Yeah. Um. No. Yeah. Same. Him. But I feel like they're maybe going to throw it back or try to go get like guys that w- we've seen it do it before. So I think that might happen. But I think sure. Simon's is making a case for the future and. For eventually because he's definitely a guy that can light up all-star weekend from the three-point contest skill point and dunk like he could do all three like right. what dame did that one year there i was you took the words right out of my mouth man i was gonna say like what if he did the next what if he was the next one he to do could i just don't think that the nba will the look at him and like consider him uh, like just yeah not this year but i think eventually this maybe year. next year like if he's playing starter minutes or he's actually playing like legit six-man minutes and he's like putting up stuff then we could see and take right. over that All Star Weekend because he's got every trait to do it. I could see it, man. Yeah, he, and he's only going to get better from here, so I'm not worried if he doesn't make it this year. But it could be cool. Let's uh, let's move on from that loss in Miami, though. To a talk wild about a victory. victory. We had a win on the road, bro. Yeah, a wild one indeed in Toronto, 101-99. But that does not tell the story of the game. No, that was a uh, <laughs> that was wild because the Raptors didn't have anybody. We came in. I mean, we had CJ back that game. Uh, we should have taken that game we, yeah, yeah, back. Quote, unquote. That should have been back. a game we jumped ahead right away, but, of course, we didn't and made a little comeback. We got the mellow game winner. That was fun to see. Right. Yeah, This it was a crazy game, man. Like, the, before even the game winner, like, we got – it did not look too good for us. We got pretty down early on, I think I remember, but the Blazers fought back hard, and the third started making that real run in the late – or midway through the fourth, whatever it was. Oh, how about uh, Bazemore? He got double, uh, double T ejected. Yep. Did you remember seeing that one? He got fouled Get hard. Away. He got legit fouled. And, yeah, he, he definitely got fouled. No whistle at all. He's jumping up and down and gets the first one from the ref and then goes over to him. And I, you couldn't see the list, but you saw the arm gestures. Yep. Like he's throwing the words at the ref. <laughs> you got to get thrown out of that point. No, that was man. a good but, win. Damn. Um, <laughs> I feel like there was one thing. I don't think Dame really had that good of a game. He had, like, 20 points. Yeah, he had 20 points, 9 assists, 4 rebounds. I mean, he had a good game, but he just wasn't. He, I mean, he, like... Well, yeah, he, he got cracked yeah, in the head on right, that's too, that man. Game. He got, yeah. Because I, th- I think even Bazemore spoke on that post game. He talked about not just his ejection, but he's talking about how Dame got hit. No call. No call it's been that way his entire career. So, yeah, that was a good one. It was yep. good to see the team all well, anyway. come, uh, just come together. And I mean, it was nice to 
to get a win against like the defending champs at their own place. And it was second night of a back to back, right? Was it? Was it back to back? Or was it? no, it wasn't uh, back to back. I don't but know if it's back to back. It's on that road trip. It's never easy going to Canada, so it was nice for for them to get that win because then they come back and get blown out by Minnesota. Right. Oh, okay. Be, just before we roll into the Minnesota game, though, can we talk about the last like forty eight seconds on that? On that. Oh yeah. The the, uh, the game in Toronto though, because like just ridiculous. Like Whiteside, he 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 gets a block and then <laughs> sets a horrible screen at half court, which doesn't get called yep. either, and Dame ties the game. Right. Uh, after that, Hassan, I don't remember exactly what else it was, but he gets in there. I think maybe even another block on Lowry yep. or on Rondé House Jefferson or something, and then. It ends up loses in a jump it. ball situation, and he loses. Hassan Whiteside loses the jump ball to a dude who's like four, six inches shorter than him somehow. And yet, despite losing the jump ball, we get the ball back because I think it was at this point Lowry just takes another straight drive straight into Whiteside and, and just, yeah, it was, uh, it was absurd, man. Uh, it just got stuffed. No call at all. Toronto even had some ridiculous throwaway where I, it might have been Hollis Jefferson again just full-on tossed the ball out of bounds, and Lowry's like, what are you doing? But, yeah, all whole thing comes down to at the end, Toronto is uh, cutting off Dame, not letting him get the ball. So ball gets into CJ. He kind of dribbles in the corner for a minute, passes it to Melo. Melo takes one dribble to the nail at the free throw line and pulls up a typical Melo shot for the game winner, one-on-one uh, ninety-nine. How did you feel about the way that went down? The fact that Dame gets denied, CJ gets the ball, passes off to Melo, and uh, you know we've talked before about Melo being the black mm-hmm. hole. He's not passing that ball out. Maybe he, he shouldn't have at this moment because obviously he made the shot clock might have been too close or whatever but what are your thoughts on on mellow being kind of the the game closer no i feel like in that situation uh, i obviously i think they were trying to go to dame and with the raptors they knew he was i think they knew that obviously which is the whole nba knows that in those situations it's going to dame so they did a good job taking away dame and then cj got pressured right there on that baseline which he had the baseline and then he had two defenders so it was he made the right play and then mellow yeah, I think he could have made one, maybe one more pass, but he's right there in his go-to spot. He's been hitting it for years. Uh, he's still trying to make that name for himself, get that highlight, which you saw once he did. How, how I mean, how much it blew up over social media? It was insane. So I think yeah, he, I, I, I think it all came down to that, and he he was leading the game in points for us, and he led the game in shot attempts. So I think I feel like at that point it was only right that he finished off the game really? because he was. Okay. The, lead guy most of the game so and again we're at the point where man and again i mean these games yes we still might squeak into the playoffs but at the end of the day we might not so yeah let metal take a game winner and if he hits it you saw what happened how much buzz and everything and god if he doesn't right on yeah it's not really hurting the team if he's gonna get that much buzz and that much attraction around it uh and yeah man you know it's 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 a fair point about this how about this too i saw on social media uh, actually, from Peter Sokoch over at NBC Sports Northwest. Shout out to him because hey! uh, he gave me sh- the other day for not realizing that an article that I was referencing was something he put out. Uh, anyway, he meant, made a point that Melo's game winner almost identical to a game winner that he had uh, over the Raptors almost a decade ago. So in Toronto, when he was playing for Denver, uh, the Nuggets were down 96-95. Melo pulled up from almost the same exact spot on the floor and hit the same kind of shot to win. So so there you go. Deja vu for the Raptors fans and uh, Blazers fans get to be on the, the, the good end of it this time. I'll take it. Uh, listen, so like you mentioned, we closed out the road trip on, in Minnesota at the next game, a 116-102 to 102 loss. We end the road trip 2-3, and three, which is honestly not that bad for, for how 
dismal this road trip felt. Two and three is not the worst, right? No, not at this point. I mean, especially since we what had a like zero and four road trip like a week or two ago, two weeks. Ago. Yeah, two and three is not that far off being five hundred. And five hundred is what you want on the road. Obviously, three and two would have been better, but you know, I feel like we have bigger problems than to worry about the 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 road trip record at this point. Uh, in in fact, how about you know last night <laughs> our the next problem on the list, Milwaukee. Goodness gracious, <laughs> how do we go off? We go off like a two-week, five-game road trip. Our players are exhausted. Besides half our roster being broke, our players are exhausted, and half, or like three or four of them are sick now. And we face the best team in the East, if not the NBA. Uh, I think Milwaukee is the leading scorer, leading rebounder, all the rest of that, like it's defensive numbers and the rest. And to be honest, Blaze just kept up mostly. And they were small. They had no center. We had, we had no guy up. went over tall 6'9". Yeah, I think yeah, Oliver was right. our biggest guy. That's Giannis. They're small forward, so... We've got, yeah, we had Hazonia and, Jalen and Horde. Uh, Tolliver and I think what one other dude. Yeah, Jalen Horde at 6'8", facing both Lopez brothers uh, and Giannis. Uh, all it was close. It was close most of the night. It's and then insane. I think Milwaukee really yeah. flexed at the end. I think the Bucks only came in at five and a half point favorites, which I put money on that last night because I thought that was a little ridiculous that I just knew the Blazers so, weren't playing very well. <laughs> I, I got a sneak in the listener question right there because you set it up perfectly. Uh, Leighton Porter wrote us the other day, at Leighton T. Porter. Obviously, it's a bit late for us since I think he was asking about that Milwaukee Bucks game uh, last night. But he said, if Whiteside is out, how far does the line move from plus five Portland? So like you're saying, uh, it yeah, and then and it jumped the to six and a half when Whiteside got out and then it went back down. Yeah, it didn't jump very high. Only one it point? Did, I just thought that was Dang. weird because... I think the Bucks they played the Kings the night before, and Giannis wasn't playing very well, and he might have. I think maybe they thought he might sit out with a bad back, but or something. So I thought maybe they were oh, okay. waiting on that, but he got confirmed pretty early in the day. So it was a weird line. I like just looking at it and just following the Blazers. I looked at that. I'm like, there's no way the Blazers win this game, and there's no way they're not gonna get blown out. I mean, sorry. <laughs> Especially since I knew we had no centers. We oh, have nobody man. who can guard Giannis. We have nobody who can guard the Lopez brothers right now. So, yeah, that was rough. But it could have been, I mean, it could have been worse. I feel like this. I feel like the score at the end, like you and I are saying, didn't really show the game. They were down 8, 9 most of the game. They got it to 5, got it back out to 10. So they were fighting. It was nice to see that. Yeah, it was, yeah. You'd have those runs. You'd have suddenly Bucks would be up like 12, 14 points. But then all of a sudden, like a minute later, two minutes later, we went on run from from three and it's back to like a four or six point game. That was the real thing is of all the Bucks big stats, I heard they are their three point perimeter defense is has not been the best. It's kind of more of like one of the big uh, the, the the gaps in their armor, I guess, as you'd say. But uh, obviously, our <laughs> perimeter defense is not that great either, and that was really the problem. Is that whenever we seem to hit a shot, they would just come right back down and hit one on the other end. So doesn't help too much if you can't defend uh even if you can actually make them go in all right well i'd say that's enough for now ty if you don't have anything else to add uh we haven't mentioned our guest yet today because i'm gonna take a little time warp here real quick you and i have been talking on this sunday morning i'm gonna jump back to yesterday afternoon and have a quick uh chat with jamie hudson from nbc sports about you know she covers these games in detail so i don't want to bore her with all this stuff that's why we kind of got this game review out of the way here we're gonna talk about the young dudes we're gonna talk about uh, NBA players and kind of the, the, their, their generosity, as well as uh, some some other insight that she has around the team. So let's get Jamie in here now, or let's get let's get me back over to Jamie now. 
She graduated from Gonzaga in 2009 and has been working for the Blazers uh, ever since, before they were even on NBC Sports, when they were back in their Comcast Sports, the CSN days. She's worked on The Scoop. She's done uh, the Facebook pregame. Is that right? Back at one point? Was it on Facebook, I think? Yep. And uh, now she's basically everything Blazers for NBC Sports Northwest. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Jamie Hudson, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Keith? I'm doing well. And hey, you know, let me let me get this additionally on the resume here. You were one of our first guests on the old school Trailcasters days back on episode, I think, 36 is what I saw or something like that. Back with me and Brandon in like year one. I mean, that was like back in last decade. How, that's how long ago this was, right? <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm getting into all the New Year's jokes I can right now. I love it. Uh, but uh, and beyond that, though, you and I, Jamie, we lined up for what was going to be the original episode 100 of the Trailcasters right about the time that we were having a shift this last summer uh, in, in the hosting situation with Brandon and I and now Ty and I. So you and I recorded an episode and it kind of got lost in space, just lost out in the abyss somewhere. Uh, and, you know, I, I was looking back through the notes just to kind of check in and see where we were. We talked about uh, Nasir Little, talked about some other... Uh, relevant topics for the summer and kind of going into the season, looking at uh, the Blazer uniform release and all that. But the one big one that I think we really need to bring back is I think you and I were teasing a bit of a Mario Kart tournament. That's right. Yeah, we need to get that <laughs> going, Keith. I feel like people yeah. on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, a lot of people would be involved in that. I, I think they'd have to be. But let's be clear here. Mm. I don't know about you. I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I am. Look, I, I try to be humble a lot of the time, but when it comes to Mario Kart, I am... I'm straight up just gonna say it. You're uh, like, don't mess around. Don't don't bring it. Don't bring it to me and mess around. If you're gonna oh, play Mario Kart with me, okay. we're playing for keeps. Yeah, you know this is going down. This is for real. Uh, I I am king of the carts. Okay, that's that's what I'm gonna go with. <laughs> king Keith of the Mario Karts. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I think we should get a tournament going. Yeah, It'd be fun. That would be fun. Okay, well, I better practice because I haven't played in a long time. But I love being yeah, the, that's the princess and then the turtle. Like Yoshi, yes. right? <laughs> Yoshi? Yeah. Oh, I miss Mario Kart. You got Yoshi. You got you got Toad. Oh, I was like Toad. Toad. Yeah. I liked Bowser too, man. Oh, I, I was yeah. the bully guy. I would play like Bowser or Donkey Kong, mm. be the big guy, like pushing into you, like pushing you off the edge <laughs> and everything. Uh, you gotta watch out for Keith. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Oh, you gotta watch out, man. We're gonna get this going, and I'm I'm gonna come with all the trash talk right from the beginning, so I gotta back it up. But I'm with you. I'm I'm a little rusty. I'm not. I do not have the uh, N64 busted out recently, <laughs> yeah. so I'm gonna have to <laughs> go and find the emulator, see if we can pull that one out. Uh, but yeah, man, I think we could get some good people in on that. Uh, so uh, let's see. Let's let's shift from uh, maybe a, a fun a fun tournament that we could set up. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how about this? Maybe if we do get this tournament going eventually, we should hook up some uh, some sponsors, some charity events, some sort of oh, way to help yeah. the community. Because what I'm wanting to relate this to is we're hearing some really cool stuff about around the holiday season, obviously, about some NBA players. I heard last week Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks. He had. Um, a really cool story, and forgive me that I don't remember all the details here, but he was working with a nonprofit out in Atlanta to basically get rid of people's medical debt. A lot of people who are in a, a tough financial situation, it's pretty widespread, but uh, obviously these are he's looking towards families in poverty, and the amount of people that he was able to help with this, I just thought was awesome. And I would love to hear more about this kind of stuff. You know, I want to see more examples of this around the NBA. It it does happen. We let's let's be clear. Yeah. NBA players all across, they are good people and they are putting the money towards helping their communities, uh, small and large. But I just want to hear more examples, more kind of good stuff where you're helping people on a large scale, things like medical debt, things like student loans, things like having a vehicle to get to and from work. Mm -hmm. And that was where I kinda wanted to uh, throw this over to you, Jamie, because I saw a little bit of a an an, an article that Mello had uh 
worked with something kind of similar on this last road trip. Can you tell us any more details about this? Yeah, for sure. So Mello, he partnered up with, it's a new company um, out of the East Coast. It's called Get A Car. Um, and what get they did, yeah, get a car, one word. Um, so if you're looking <laughs> it up. Um, so with his, um, his actually, it's Mello's tech company that partnered with this new um, get okay. a car company. And they were able to get a 2017 Mazda, it's a snazzy looking car, um, to nice. a single mom, a Maryland native, because that is where Mello is from as well, grew up there. Um, and so... It's very cool because not only was this mother not able to get to work because her she was having tons of car trouble with her previous car, but she was also having a hard time getting to her daughter's college basketball games. And her daughter oh, grew up a huge Mellow fan. In fact, I know the daughter said that it was because of Carmelo Anthony that she pursued her D1 dreams. And now she is playing really? at a D1 school. And I love it. And now that the mom Ooh. has this brand, pretty brand new car that Mello, you know, gifted her, she gets to go to all of her daughter's games. And I just think it is such a cool story. And not enough people, like you said, Keith, hear about these kind of things. And they're happening all the time. I mean, the Trailblazers, right. the players, they are doing, whether it's um, going to the Boys and Girls Club in Portland or doing various charities, I think it's something that is such a cool thing that um, people don't really get to hear about as much. Yeah, they, they don't get to hear about it. And I just, I, 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 yeah, I think that's the big thing is I want this highlighted not just for fans mm -hmm. to understand like how much this goes on and how much uh, these people are helping their communities and people who have less resources. Yeah. But uh, I want players to realize how much people appreciate yeah. hearing this stuff. Because mm -hmm. it's one thing. Look, I mean, the Blazers uh, famously have a coat drive yes. that uh, goes on each year. Mm -hmm. We've had Wesley Matthews get involved in the past mm -hmm. when he was a Blazer. We've had numerous Blazers since uh, take part in it. And it's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful thing. It's a really cool. If, if you have not taken part anyone, anyway, I encourage you next time it comes up to donate coats any sort of warm clothing for families in need it's really cool you get to go down there and kind of uh sh shake hands and mm -hmm. kind of smile with some blazers maybe take a picture or anything else around uh and obviously helping people that are in need for it uh sorry i'm getting sidetracked on this mm -hmm. but what, what i what i wanted to highlight as far as i want players to realize how much fans and the general populace appreciate yeah. this and because it, it doesn't just have to be the team sponsored events like stuff mm -hmm. like this where like you said Melo's tech company mm -hmm. this isn't something where the team mandated hey go and get involved in this right it's that he sets up himself right yes exactly and i know players are doing it more and more and i think the trey young thing that example is very cool yeah. especially around the holidays i always feel for yeah. families who have medical debt it, uh, with all the medical debt i mean they're already obviously going through a lot um, to have to either be in the ER or whatever's going on in their personal life, and then it's compounded with all the debt. So it's that's a very yeah. very cool story. And again, if you if you just took the general umbrella mm -hmm. of people in the U.S. with medical debt and oh. student loan debt, if you took those things together, mm -hmm. that's a large populace mm -hmm. of people that are NBA fans and just general Americans. So right. it, it is really cool to see things like that, where someone with resources like an NBA player can put a chunk towards it, and it helps. Not just, like I said, not just that chunk worth, but mm -hmm. exponentially more. Uh, it's just really cool stuff, and, and I want to see more of that. Uh, one other thing that I love seeing more of, another article, moving from the one you wrote on Mellow mm -hmm. to one that uh, Jason Quick just put out on Zach Collins. Yeah. So, obviously, we've had uh, a lot of injuries this season. Yes. Zach was the one that kind of kicked that whole, uh, that whole thing off, that whole domino effect there. Uh, but... 
that happened back in the third game of the season. I feel like maybe it's a little out of fans' minds at this point, but it seemed the time where it, it was it was so early on. Mm-hmm. I think we all still had a lot of high expectations that are, it really hadn't set in like what was going to happen with the the rest of the season so far this year. Um, and when it was first coming out, I think that there was there was a delay when Zach's injury happened in the third game against Dallas. Mm-hmm. There was a bit of a delay. I think about a week or so before it was announced that he was having surgery. I think. Myself uh, as well, but I think in general this might have kind of irked fans for like, why didn't we hear about this? What's what was the delay? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Something quick mentioned in his article. Uh, he has a piece here about Zach talking about not wanting surgery. Uh, he this is this kind of mix of quotes from Zach and kind of uh, Jason narrating. Uh, he says Zach is saying there was a lot of am I letting the team down by doing surgery and being out for almost an entire year. I mean, this was the year I was to prove I'm a starter, that I can earn that right, and that I'm definitely worth more years on this team. It's why I took six, sorry, Jason says, it's why it took six days after the injury in Dallas for him to make a decision. He contemplated not having surgery and instead rehabilitating the, uh, rehabilitating the shoulder for four to six weeks, then returning to action, playing with a brace. I was so not for the surgery, Colin said. I really needed to have the people around me kind of push me and say, this is the right choice. I just thought this was interesting. I thought it was really cool to kind of hear that that personal perspective and there's even more detail in there i was kind of skimming through with that quote but zach talking about the pressure of not wanting to let the team down that kind of competitive edge that these guys have about wanting to play even literally like doctors multiple doctors i think they said three different opinions saying no you got to have this surgery mm-hmm. if you don't have the surgery it will continue to pop out and be a problem for you right and he still was like oh man but the team they put their faith in me like what if i could just gut it out it's that's crazy man like i'd be in so much pain if you're telling me to have right. surgery i'm like yeah yeah put me under let's do it i know yeah but keith that is so zach collins and that's yeah what he wanted this season was to prove that he could be that starter and um that he can be relied on and i know that it took his teammates also telling him hey you gotta look long term and this is what you need to do for your career. Not just you can't just look at it at the during the season. Um, you got to look in the next three, four, five years. And that's why he decided to have a surgery. I know it's been a while, but do mm-hmm. you remember any specific players talking to him about that? Like, was it like maybe Dame or Mel, like one of these kind of vet guys coming up to him, and be like, "Yo, take it easy, man." Like, yeah, I remember Dame told us, told the media that he had a talk with Zach and said, oh, yeah. hey, you got it just this, the smart thing to do is have the surgery. I know it's hard. Um, so I remember talking with Dame about that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's that's awesome. And it's even cooler to hear that kind of thing, that kind of detail that the teammates have his back like that. Right. And uh, other pieces in the article, too, beyond talking about the injury itself, uh, Jason kind of goes into a lot of a kind of an identity crisis that Zach Collins was experiencing. Mm. And he mentions that a lot of athletes, when you have an injury, you kind of go through this, this the whole thing of Zach basically saying like basketball was my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, what am I outside of basketball? And when that gets taken away, you, you do kind of maybe have this gap and, uh, right. It sounds like what Zach has done to kind of deal with that. He's picked up reading. He's gotten a lot into books. He's kind of, uh, gone into some uh, other meditation techniques and it's even helped him develop more of a relationship with his mom and his sister which he says uh he's always been kind of like a good father-son relationship he and his dad Mm -hmm. but maybe kind of didn't communicate as well with his mom and sister didn't let them in as much and this has kind of given him time to open up to them it's it's cool man i just think it's a it's really neat to hear about that kind of personal growth for a young dude who is obviously so driven to be a good basketball player but also He's he's a he's a human, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, he's someone off the court, and it's cool to hear him kind of coming into his own. I guess. Yeah, that is. And Keith, I hear it all the time where 
fans say, oh, well, they're professional athletes. They get paid so much. And so fans almost feel like they're not human. Like they all, I, they right. always give that. There's a lot of fans out there that will say that. And I think uh, this piece by Jason Quick, hearing what Zach's going through, it, it kind of puts it in perspective for fans being like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, he's got to go through all this. Uh, yes, he still gets paid. I get that. But I don't know. It's, it's something different to think about. And I have noticed that Zach is carrying around um, books when I see him in, oh, in yeah? the locker room and at Moda Center. So, yeah, that's not surprising. Uh, he's definitely reading a lot right now. <laughs> you got to keep us up to date. You got to yeah. let us know what he's reading. I'm, I'm very curious. Yeah. Uh, Quick did mention a couple of the books in here. Uh, he mentioned, uh, well, here, and let me say, first of all, too, something you just mentioned. I am not innocent when it comes to accusing these players, mm -hmm. or not accusing, but just kind of uh -huh. calling these players out a little bit for the money they make mm -hmm. and be like, hey, man, come on, buck up. Like, we all have tough stuff to deal with, but uh -huh. you're making more money than any of us see in our lifetimes. <laughs> I'm not innocent on that. Okay. Uh, and I, I do think there's some validity in there, but right. it doesn't okay. change the fact that these are people, like you said. Yes. You know? And again, just like we mentioned the first piece about uh, players uh, kind of using their resources for charity and helping mm -hmm. uh, people with less resources. That kind of humanity is what we need to be reminded of in mm -hmm. these kind of situations, especially in a season that is going so rough on the court. Right. Fans might be getting a little, people might be getting a little, a uh, little, little short fused, you yeah. know, a little quick to quick to judge. And so it's good to kind of hear these things. So anyway, um, as far as the books, one mm -hmm. book that quick does mention that Collins has been reading is uh, it was can't hurt me by David Goggins. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this one at all, No. Uh, but it's a, uh, it's, it's kind of, I think, kind of central for the article that Jason Quick wrote about this because there's a, a reference in the book about a calloused mind, kind of the idea that you build mental toughness through situations that make you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You can't really be as strong mentally if you are always uh, in your comfort zone, if you're not doing anything that doesn't kind of push your, your limits a little bit. It's the same as same way of anyone who's a physical athlete. You can't push your physical abilities if you don't push your limits, right? Right. So I, I just thought it was a cool, uh, cool, cool detail for, for that of as far as Zach with, uh, and this was really the my big kind of wrap up here that I was trying to get to between the books, the mental toughness stuff, and the different approaches on meditation. I feel like we got to be calling him when he gets back on the court. New nickname, Jamie mm -hmm. Zen Collins. Oh no, yeah, I, okay, Zico, uh, maybe okay, cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I approve. <laughs> it's a little rough, I but, <laughs> but uh, yes, but I there also hope Keith that he still has that that. Um, that flip of the switch where he can be that guy that's, ah. that's all like all hell breaks loose. I like that. Yes. And if a teammate yes. is um, getting in some kind of scuffle with another with an opponent, Zach is the man to be right there to support his teammate. And I think that won't change. Like he can still be Zen Collins, but yes. he'll still be that that bulldog as well. I like it. Yeah, I could see like we got it's almost like a, a Bruce Banner and, and the Hulk thing. We have like Zen Collins and then yeah. Zeke or something okay. like that going off. <laughs> okay, <perfect>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So outside of uh, let's get back to the basketball here. Okay. Outside of uh, the article on Zach, it's I'm stoked to hear mm -hmm. uh, that he's, you know, he's doing well in his off time. He's been developing himself uh, as a person, not just as a basketball player. And it sounds like he's probably not just probably, but he sounds pretty confident in that he's going to be back on the court by March, if not earlier. Yeah, and it's funny because I've been watching him 
and Yusuf Nurkic do their celebrations on the bench. Right. And I know a lot of yeah. fans have been enjoying that. Obviously, you get to see them celebrating, but also they have stepped up their game in the suit department and their style. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those fits, right? They're pretty on point. So I'll give both of them credit for that. But I watch um, both Zach and Nurk, and, it, and it's funny how you can almost measure how they're how the rehab's going because of how they're how much they're celebrating. I know you can't really. Yeah, how much they're jumping. It, it does seem <laughs> like that, doesn't it, Keith? I don't know. Yeah, man. It, no, they, they're active. Neither of them. You're not seeing either of these guys that they're like. Uh, they're not looking ginger. You yeah. know, like for for the size, for how big they are, they are not looking like any sort of delicate. Uh, like just they're not being careful about any of it. And I think even in the article too. Uh, Quick's article on Zach, I think they mentioned that he's already getting back in towards kind of some uh, exercise activities. He's doing like plank activities on his shoulder, just not in like full contact basketball yet. So he's getting close. It's getting there. Yeah. And hey, quick thing about the suits too that you mentioned. Uh (laughs) One of uh, Nurk's suits the other night, it was like like a a kind of like a, a red on pink or like maroon on other kind of reddish tone uh-huh. uh checkered pattern oh, yeah and my wife my, like they're doing like a slow zoom up on camera like going from his shoes up his legs and then kind of the jacket and we didn't even didn't even know it was nurk at first right right but as we're as they're going up my wife's like man that just looks like it's someone's drapes like someone <laughs> took the drapes out of the hotel <laughs> <laughs> it just got me. So She's funny. not wrong either. I mean, yeah. I get these guys, like, they can all do whatever they want fashion-wise, but, yeah, man, like, I don't think so I could funny. pull off that suit. <laughs> yeah. If you're not a seven-footer with, like, the giant curls that he's got going oh, and all yeah. the rest of it, man, like, I don't know if you can pull that one off. Yeah, I'm <laughs> envious of those curls, too. They're nice. <laughs> Beyond Zach and Scal, though, let's talk about some of the other, uh, our other young dudes that were seen play. Yeah. Especially in the end of this road trip, we saw some really good minutes from not only... Anthony Simons, but mm-hmm. Gary Trent, Nasir yeah. Little, and Jalen Horde. Now, Simons and Trent and Nas, mm-hmm. we've been talking about them a bit through the season, especially Anthony and, and well, I mean, mostly Anthony. I feel like right. Gary Trent and Nas are kind of more on that secondary tier. But uh, let's let's just start with Simons before we get down the down the ladder on this whole thing. Yeah. How are you liking what you're seeing from him? A, a lot of fans are. Uh, Maybe getting a little critical, saying that he's not being consistent enough. Mm-hmm. I think you could argue back that he's in what his second year. Yep. No, is this his third year of basketball? No, uh, second year. This is his, this is second. Yeah. This, yeah. Wow. See, but there you go. It very well could be his third from how he looks to me on the court. But how are right. you feeling about it? Do you think he's yeah. behind or? Uh, no, I think he's a young guy that's still figuring it out. Um, I think the problem is that. Over the summer, all the fans and and everyone else heard about how high of a ceiling Anthony Simons has, whether it was Neil O'Shea or Damian Lillard talking about Simons. And fans got really excited, as they should, and they still should be excited. I think there's – right now we're going through the growing pains of a young guy who's getting big-time minutes, who's being asked to produce, especially with this second unit that – doesn't have any offense going right now um and so right. that's what you're seeing um this is the inconsistency i think once he gets more experience and uh continues to grow especially under damian lillard's leadership things will become a lot more easy for him and he will be a more consistent player boy just gotta say too talk about shooting yourself in the foot right yeah. like we're talking about 
overhyping this summer. Right. We've we've had lots of discussion uh, about how there's all the talk in the summer about this is the championship season. Right. Look at how how much we like. We just went to the West Finals. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the year for the Blazers. Mm-hmm. And then injuries. Even if that could have been accurate with a healthy roster, we have no idea. Right. It very well could have been, but injuries derailed that right from the get go. Yeah. And it's been really hard for fans, I think, to kind of realign expectations and recover from that idea mm-hmm. that this was supposed to be a championship run. Same way with Simons. Yeah. We had so much hype after Game 82 last year against Sacramento. <laughs> he looked yeah. so good in that game. And then all the hype this summer from, like you said, Olshay and from mm-hmm. not just from Olshay. I'm not trying to blame him, but mm-hmm. from Dame, too. Yeah. Uh, there was all this hype about him that, yeah, I think maybe if we hadn't had all that hype, people would probably be pretty hyped on him now, maybe more right. so than they are, yeah. instead of feeling like, hey, he's not quite meeting the expectations that we set for ourselves. Right. No, I completely agree. That's And that's just how it goes. That's I'm superstitious with my um, Gonzaga Bulldogs. Oh, so yeah? I, okay, okay. Um, if there was so much talk before the season about them winning at all, I would be so nervous because I just, right. I'm like, no, don't, let's not talk about this before play has even started. Before a game has yeah, been played. Right? Yeah. I'm like, let's, <laughs> they just need to go out, take care of business, and then we'll, we'll talk in March, okay? <laughs> that's where I'm at, but... So I feel I feel for Blazer fans. It's tough. Well, so uh, so beyond Simons, though. Yes. Uh, you know, it, it's been a funny thing, too. I feel like numerous years for the Blazers, we have we will have two picks, right? We'll have two guys that come in together. Damon Myers came in together. Mm-hmm. And forever, I think fans standards for Myers, like the bar they set for Myers was skewed because of where the bar was for Dame. Like mm-hmm. you kind of put them together just because they came in together. Mm-hmm. I think same thing might have kind of happened with Simons and Gary Trent, where. Yeah. Everyone kind of looks at Gary Trent as if he's not quite good enough because of how much si- how good Simons is looking. Mm-hmm. But these two are different players. Like the, yeah. the ceiling for the two of them shouldn't really be as comparable as as it maybe is in some people's mind. Uh, but Gary Trent is finally getting some good minutes too. He's had some run in the last couple of games. He played twenty four minutes against Minnesota the other night. That's more than Simons nineteen, more than Nasir Little's uh, twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in the twenty four, Gary Trent, Gary Trent, excuse me. Puts up 13 points, uh, one assist, two rebounds, and let's see, at four of nine shooting, three of six from deep. That's solid. That like, is. That's good play for any bench player, let alone like a second-year dude, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think for Trent, he's finally feeling comfortable out there, and you can see it. I mean, before, early in the season, when Gary would get out there, it would be really uh, sporadic, like, oh, I got a dribble. I got, like, it was, it was kind of scary watching him i'll admit and so now i <laughs> yeah. think that he's comfortable he's he can slow down his his game and um he's showing that and he's confident in his jumper right now which is uh, what the blazers need <laughs> right yeah they need that shooting from and and from gary trent especially like his yes. game needs to be that he's a he's a shooting guard he's not as much one of these wing players where you can kind of say okay He's got to bring kind of more of a varied skill set, but he's there to shoot. So it, you got to see those shots go down, and it's looking a lot better for him recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, two for two from the line the other night, too, which, again, Bill Shonley, right? Mm-hmm. Got to make your free throws. Yep. So it's nice to see players actually doing that this year. Uh, Nasir Little, you know, when, when, when this season started, I was hyped on Nasir. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I shouldn't say when it was not, not when it started. When <laughs> See, there I go. When the season started, Nasir was barely going to be a bench player. But after right. the injuries happened, like once about when we kind of pulled Mello in, I think is when I started to kind of really look at like, OK, well, let's let's see what these young dudes can do for us. What can Nasir do? I was kind of frustrated when, when Mello first got here because I thought he was going to kind of steal minutes. Mm-hmm. Maybe that has kind of happened, but I feel like we've still seen a pretty good sample from Nasir Little as far as he's got a skill set that could apply here. Mm-hmm. I, I think he could definitely grow into a solid NBA player and hopefully a blazer. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree, Keith. I think 
the the way he has that defensive mindset and he yeah. wants to earn the fans respect by doing the little things whether it's getting on the floor for uh, a loose ball going after that or he's he's talked about it multiple times that he's that guy that does the dir- dirty work and he enjoys it and i know blazer fans love that uh, whether it's yeah. like not that he's an ed davis type but you know a similar guy that a workhorse player um rip city can get behind that for right. sure and i think Nas will be um that kind of guy and uh, I love how he is a player who cuts hard to the hoop. And I know yeah. we've had a lot of times where it's so much iso ball with this team that you're not seeing as as much movement. But Nasir Little brings that, and I think that's fun to watch. He does. He hustles, and it's on both ends, like you said, yeah. too. So much for me, in my opinion. Like I think, not even in my opinion, but I think across the NBA, mm-hmm. you could argue that we're seeing defense play a bigger role uh this year and in recent years than it has kind of in uh in some of the of the recent past years it's been so much about shooting i think kind of behind the the uh, the evolution of golden state and and the just like the the ball they play i think people have kind of like put defense to the wayside but you're seeing it kind of come back as far as the importance in a season like this when injuries are such a factor and when the the standings are so tight that even a few stops can be the difference between a win and a loss and a few wins or losses could be the difference between playoffs or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, yeah, seeing a player like Nasir come in and bring it on both ends of the floor and his, his basketball IQ, you know, it's weird because this was a player who was supposed to be a top uh, pick in this last mm-hmm. draft and he slid all the way down to 25 where we got him. The question has been, I think for a while, what made Nasir slide? Like what was the reason that Nas fell all the way to 25? Yeah. And I got to say, it's not it's not from not knowing the game. The dude, know, he has a really good instinct. I think he's got a, a good IQ for uh, for what to do on the floor. And that's only going to help him uh, as he develops more of the, kind of the body and the skill set. Yeah, for sure. And I think right now you've seen some rookie mistakes um, from him because he's sure. still transitioning. Um, and I yeah. think that's why he hasn't played as much. Um, in the last few games, Coach Stotts is kind of trying to evaluate who he has, um, who can play, and who he trusts right now. But, yeah, I think uh, Nas has a really bright future. So I think you're right, Keith. Okay, so two more young dudes I want to cover before I let you go here, Jamie. And, yeah. again, thank you so much for making the time today. Oh, I really yeah, appreciate it because I know you got a busy schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, but two more young dudes. Uh, I'm going to save the best for last, in my opinion. So oh, let me okay. ask you a question about Moses Brown okay. before we get over to Horde. Yeah. Uh, so – Again, with the injuries we've been experiencing on the on the Blazers roster this year, particularly in the front court, particularly at center. Mm-hmm. Right now we have one healthy dude over six foot eight. Yeah. And to even call Hassan Whiteside healthy is a stretch because he is sick as a dog mm-hmm. when we last saw him yeah. play. Uh, why has Moses Brown not been getting on the floor? Do you have any insight, any idea why Yeah, he went he went back to the G League. Um he did. yes. So after he got some run, um, it was a home game. I'm trying to remember who they were playing. Uh, but I know fans probably remember this play. And he inbounded the ball, trying to pass it to Dame. The ball got stolen. Um, oh, I yeah. think that moment, it was where Stotts and the Blazers coaching staff realized, okay, Moses Brown, you're still too young still to young. figure this out. Yeah. Like You can't have a lazy inbounds play that turns into um, a steal and a bucket. And I think, I mean, he didn't play the rest of the game. I want to say that was at, like, the end of uh, the second quarter. And so I think Moses Brown's going to have to learn <laughs> learn from that one and have some more time like, in the G League. 
Was that like the Phoenix game? I think like right it before was. the new year? Yeah. Yeah. And, it ki- and that uh, was where things started to, to fall for that game. So. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to go that far yeah, back. Yeah. Like, that was a whole, that was last year, man. We're not going to go <laughs> right. worry about that whole game. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so that, that does explain it. That Moses Brown was mm-hmm. recalled back to the G League, I guess. Uh, yeah. But when they sent him back down to the G League, and then we had, you know, then Scal gets hurt, right? Uh, and the, or maybe it was right before that. I don't remember. But right. obviously, the roster, the front court has gotten even thinner since then. So maybe they're just not wanting to react too quickly. Is why we haven't seen him brought back up. Yeah, that could be too. I mean, it's forty-five days that they that a two-way player 40, okay. can be with the Thank team. You. Yeah, you're welcome. It's just because I've I've written a lot of articles about both Jalen. <laughs> I'm and all Moses. saying it's over both of our head. Yeah, I'm acting yeah. like, oh yeah, I have no idea. Okay. You're you're like, no, I have this. It's in the back no. of my mind. I've done this a thousand <laughs> times, Keith. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it's really cool, though, with the whole two-way player and what they can do now um, to, ha- to have more flexibility on their roster. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll Good. see more of Moses Brown later. Yeah, he'll be coming back. But yeah. like you said, flexibility on the roster. Yeah. The other player we've brought up from the G League is Jalen Horde. Mm-hmm. He played pretty solid minutes against Minnesota. Let me pull this back up here. Against Minnesota, played 16 minutes, got eight points, four rebounds, three of seven shooting, and two steals to go with it. Uh, also, two or three from the line. Can't fault him for that. Oh, and mm-hmm. how about this even? Plus 11 overall. I think that's like maybe that's one of the, the top, that's the third best mark of on the team against Minnesota that game. So, Horde produced, man, in some uh, some short, easy minutes. Uh, what is your opinion on Jalen Horde and like how you've, like your the eye test, like what have you seen from him so far? Yeah, well, at Summer League, when I was down there watching him in Vegas, uh, mm-hmm. he is a, another player that works so hard and um, his athleticism, it's there. I mean, it might not be where Nas is because Nas can like jump out of gyms and everything. But Nas the beast. He <laughs> is a beast. Um, but I think Jalen's potential, like it's it's right there, and he just needs to develop. He's still that young kid, but I like that Jalen is a player that I've seen ask questions uh, to his teammates. Oh, okay. So he is a very um, willing guy who wants to learn more, who wants to get better. And I mean, I know a lot of players are like that, but I've seen that out of Jalen and I I like that. I think because he's a two-way player, he realizes that he has a lot still to develop and to prove and so I think that helps in a way with his mindset. And it's cool because he and Nas are really good friends. They are always nice. chatting it up. They're joking. Um, so I think it's been fun for Jalen to be back with the team and back with Nas because they really get along nice. well. Yeah. Do they have a, a friendship before the team, you mean? Like uh, a previous? Uh, I, I, don't, I think they might have, but it's funny how close they are now. Um, cool. Yeah, cool. they're like right their best buds. And I will say this about Jalen: he is very well mannered in his interviews. He says yes, oh, sir, yeah? and yes, ma'am. He said yes, ma'am, really? to okay. me many times. And at first, I thought, oh man, now I'm old because I being <laughs> called ma'am. But no, it's uh, it's just something that Jalen does that I think is it's very nice. So that's good. You know, I. <laughs> I heard about this the other day from someone else, actually. Uh-huh. Uh, I feel like with men, you can say yes, sir. And yeah, it's very formal, but right. there's not necessarily like, I don't feel old if someone calls me sir. <laughs> I, I, I almost feel older if someone calls me Mr. Mr. Feltner Smith. That feels older okay. than calling me sir. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but with I, I do feel like with, with ma'am, someone was kind of bringing that up where ma'am almost has a worse connotation among women. Would you agree? Is that fair? I do think so. Yeah, because I feel really? that, which I think is silly. But I, if someone says yes, miss, like, oh, okay, miss. 
Like, Miss is nice. Oh, really? Miss yeah. is okay. Miss okay. Is like, okay. oh, yeah, I'm just Miss. Like, I'm still young. I still got it. But ma'am is like, is like a grandma to me. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's, it's just more old-fashioned sounding, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I love it. No, that's good insight. I'm, I'm taking notes over here. Yeah. Miss, not ma'am. I'm going to remember that. <laughs> okay, good. But good. I like that, like that Jalen was raised right. You know, he's, right. he's got good manners. Uh, and, and good etiquette, man. That's pretty cool. And uh, like you said, the fact that he's asking questions, the fact that he wants to grow, mm-hmm. I think it shows. Because, again, for for a young dude who's coming up from the G League, he sure doesn't look like he's spending his time outside the NBA. He looks pretty good on the floor. Again, he looked pretty good against Minnesota the other night. So I hope to see more of him. Let me, how about this? Let's compare Jalen Horde to Anthony Simons. For the general fan that maybe hasn't seen a lot of Horde yet, as far as mm-hmm. what his skill set is, what kind of differences he brings, because you mentioned he and Nas, obviously they don't quite play the same way. Nas is a little right. more athletic. Nas might be a little bigger body, yeah. would you say? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so it, it, try and describe to fans that might not know as much about Jalen, like where does yeah. he kind of fit on the spectrum between these players? Well, he doesn't have the the playmaking ability um, or the ability to create his own shot like Simon's. I mean, okay. you still might worry with Jalen trying to play any kind of iso ball. Um, that's He's okay. not there yet it was with that. Um, but he is a guy that I can see um, cutting hard to the hoop, getting those backdoor alley-oops, or um, a guy who's going to give you that maximum effort on the defensive end, which um, that goes back to what we were talking about, Keith, that teams, I think, are realizing, hey, like, let's, if we're playing harder defense, like, we can still get the job done because look at the Raptors. The Raptors are a team that have been so banged up, but because they make such an effort on the defensive end, they have still been able to overcome their injuries and and continue to win. And I think that's something that... Um, has been talked about with the Blazers. They're they're working on focusing on doing um, a better job on the defensive end, but uh, it just hasn't translated yet. Yeah, when well, and that was a big topic the other night when we were in Toronto mm-hmm. was the idea that both teams have had such injuries. Why has the mm-hmm. Blazers system kind of broken down a little bit, maybe into yeah. this kind of ISO ball and something away from kind of the, the Stotts offense that we used to see run, where Toronto was able to kind of keep the same system instilled. There are some interesting questions there, but mm-hmm. I also think those are those are deep, multifaceted issues where you can't just say, oh, the coach isn't doing right. a good job transferring to his team, or you can't just say, oh, the players aren't listening. Right. There, there's there's a number of factors there. Yes. Everything, even, even the fact that you know, it's on a road, it's always going to be harder to maintain your system when you're traveling on the road between all these teams versus the guys that can kind of be at home and, and set up and ready for you. Mm-hmm. Um, all that aside, though, the game tonight, actually. So how yeah. about this? We just saw several old Blazers in Minnesota. <laughs> right. Uh, we saw Shabazz. We saw uh, uh, we saw some of Ed Davis, and we saw, uh, well, uh, in technically Noah Vonley, even though he didn't actually play. No, Noah played? Did Noah play? A little bit, I'm all yeah, blanking now. No, my, okay. my brain's twisted around. Yeah, no. <laughs> The game's run All the injuries, man. <laughs> yeah. You d- I just, at this point, I just assume everyone, if they're not fresh in my mind, I assume they are injured, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we saw a number of them in Minnesota, and now tonight, uh, or I guess by the time listeners hear this, it will have already happen, but we will have just seen mm-hmm. uh, uh, Pat, uh, Pat, Patty Pat Three Ball, Pat Connaughton, or Pat Connaughton, however you want to say the last name, uh, Wes Matthews and Robin Lopez all coming to town with Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, any of these guys that you were looking forward to in particular? Oh, I think all three of them were so great in their own way. Rolo always made you laugh. Um, yeah. Wesley Matthews was a big supporter of mine because I was freshly like a reporter. I was 
really scared when I was um, doing interviews. His yeah. What season was that? My first season, and I remember him telling me in a locker room after a game one time they'd won, and he was like, "Hey, you should ask more questions." Um, so I always <laughs> remember that. Like Wes was telling nice. me, "Hey, you get in there and you ask your questions in the scrum." So. That was good advice. Wes has got your back. Yeah, that was great advice from Wes. Um, And then uh, Pat Connaughton is is a really great dude who is so unbelievably athletic. So he's always really fun to watch. I mean, there's so many times I remember when he wore a blazer uniform that I was like, how did he do that? Whether it was somehow he got the alley-oop pass, even though it was a bad pass, and he was still able to throw it down or whatever. He's a very athletic dude. He he still is doing it too, man. Yeah. I saw I think a highlight on a Sports Center or something the other night mm-hmm. where he threw one down, and someone kind of retweeted it with the message like, yeah. "Everyone but Blazer fans is surprised by this." Because right. yeah, we, right. we're up here like, yeah, we saw this coming. Exactly, <laughs> so true. And I noticed you said yeah. uh, Connaughton, Pat Connaughton. I yeah. for some reason, just knowing that it's it's Pat and also the seeing the last name in my mind, yeah. I think Irish, and so I go yeah. Connaughton. No, every that's time. okay. I, mean, <laughs> I know people. I've heard it. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I feel like for a while I just settled on calling him Patty Pat Three Ball there you uh, go. because that was the easiest name to come up with back in the day. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that'll be exciting tonight. I, you know, again for our listeners, it will already have happened. Hopefully, uh, we see another amazing upset victory for the Blazers, the same way we went up to Toronto and stole one there. Would love to see us uh, steal one on our own floor. That's kind of weird to say against the Bucks <laughs> tonight. <laughs> Uh, but let's see, Jamie, I think that's about all I've got for you. You let yeah. me keep you almost 45 minutes, Jamie. Ooh. You let me keep you way too long. No. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, you're welcome. I, I'm happy to be on the Trailcaster podcast, the new one. Yes, new. yes, that's right. You've, you've officially spanned both generations now. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you, Jamie. Really appreciate you staying this whole time. Uh, I feel like we could probably just keep talking forever about this, but I've got to let you go. I'm sure you have plenty more important things to get to. If listeners wanted to reach out to you, ask you any other questions or, or just touch base with you, oh, yeah. what is the best way to uh, reach to you on, uh, on social media? Yeah, on Twitter, you can hit me up at Jamie Hudson NBCS. Um, and then I also have a Facebook page, just Jamie Hudson TV, I believe. Um, so, yeah, okay, okay. I'm always um, wanting to chat hoops and blazers with anyone. So I always appreciate being on the podcast. So thanks for having me, Keith. Thank you, Jamie. We'll talk to you soon. OK, sounds good. Welcome back. Thank you again to Jamie Hudson of NBC Sports Northwest for joining me. And Ty, welcome back yourself as well, or, or welcome welcome me back to Sunday now that I'm back here with you. Okay, let's talk about next week's games, man. What you got for me? So they on the 13th, they play the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, we are home. The Blazers are home. I will be there uh, for that. You're going to be there. There you go. Uh, there's no line yet, um, but our predictor on ESPN has it. I think it's like 70% Blazers. It's 81.8% Blazers. There we go. Um, so hmm. I bet you the Blazers will open up about five, six-point favorites over the Hornets. The Hornets have been sneaky good. They got a pretty good offense so far. They, with like with like Devontae Graham and uh, like Terry Rozier and all them, they've been surprisingly giving teams fits. So I wouldn't be shocked at this point since how the Blazers are playing. 
if they struggle with the Hornets because the Hornets are 15 and 26 and the Blazers are 16 and 24. So. Oh, God damn. You're killing me, bro. <laughs> with the Hornets. <laughs> I was trying to be so optimistic about tomorrow night, man. I'm excited. I, like the Blazers have been on a, on a road trip. I'm like excited to go back to the Rose Garden, see him play again. It's 90s night tomorrow, so I'm going to collect another cool poster. I'm, I'm getting all of those. I think I'm going to miss one of the decade nights, and so I'm going to have to like trade around for, I think, the uh, probably the 2000s night or something like that. But... Uh, but yeah, man, I I'm I was feeling good about it, so you got me well, a little worried. Well, I will so give what? you this: that the Hornets play tonight in Phoenix, so they will okay. be on the second night of a back to back. So that's helpful. That's helpful. That is helpful for us. And so, what'd you say the line is at? There is no line yet. Or what is your line at? Sorry. Let's see. So they're they are eight and a half point dogs to the Suns tonight. I'll give um I had it at five after I see that. I'll give it eight. I'll say eight for the Blazers. You'll say eight for the Blazers. Okay. Now, nah, man. Oh, see, I, I, I like that because that puts it good in the Blazers' favor as far as getting the wins. So my fan heart says yes, but that's a harder line to bet because I feel like the Blazers have not been good at winning in large margins. I feel like it's closer to be like a five, more likely to be like a close five-point game kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm taking the Blazers, though. I, you, your, betting, your betting logic will not kill my fan heart, uh, so I'll take Blazers on eight. What do there you, you think? go. You, you think they'll cover? I'll take the. I think the Blazers win, but I don't yeah. think they cover. Oh, no, you jerk! <laughs> <laughs> you had me. I thought for a second you were going with me. Okay, okay, that's fine. All right, what's uh, next? I know better. <laughs> um, they play the Rockets in Houston on the fifteenth on ESPN. By the way. Oh, okay. Their next two games are on ESPN. Or next, or, or not the Hornets game, but the next two games after that are on ESPN. Okay. Uh, the Rockets. Oh man. Um, I'll say we open up at seven and a half or seven and a half point underdogs. Underdogs, okay. You know, the, I I feel a little bit better about not seeing the Blazers will win that game. First game on the road against the Rockets, but we might keep it closer than seven and a half. Good. I I because like good. who who beat the Rockets the other night? It was OKC. OKC just took yeah. them down the other night. Uh, and smashed them. I mean, OKC's been playing really well, and Blazers have not been playing really well myself. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I got to stay hopeful. So I'm going to say, if I can't say that I'm going to take the Blazers on the win, I will take the spread. There you go. There you go. I like it. Uh, two days later, they play the Dallas Mavericks in Dallas. That's also on ESPN. Oof. Yeah, um, Texas I will, I will also, I'll put that at, since they probably will have no Porzingis, I will put them at five and a half point favorites, the Mavericks. That's so right. the Blazers be five and a half point underdogs, I'm guessing. Zingus is out, and they still got five on us. That's rough. Um, yeah. Well, we do have the day off between this and Houston. Warm weather. If I'm being optimistic, warm weather is always nicer for <laughs> rehabbing or something. Maybe our guys feel refreshed. It's true. Uh, it's true. <laughs> it'll be harder. It'll be easier on them getting over some illness. Maybe. No, probably not. Uh, okay. So. Uh, I, uh, you know what? We've played well against Dallas before. If they're missing Porzingis, Luca can't do it all on his own. Who, who, else, what are their other weapons down there besides Luca? And they have Tim Hardaway Jr. They have Dwight Powell, Seth oh, Curry, yeah. Mister Seth Curry. Um, oh, Seth Curry. Dwight Powell. Not on my too much. Roster. They don't have too much uh, besides him, but they still have a very potent offense, and yeah. they're home. And they have Luca. Yeah, and Luca. And Luca. <laughs> I got to censor Luka. a couple things in this episode. Uh, <laughs> <Little> beep. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, you know what? I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go crazy. I'm gonna go against you on this. I'm gonna say Blazers win. Give me Blazers. Ooh, on, I like it. I like it. And then the next night they play the Thunder in OKC. 
Yeah. Next night, too. It's the back-to-back. -back. So that's why they got to win in Dallas, because that's going to be hard in OKC, man. Thunder are 22 and 17 now. That's crazy. I didn't think yeah. they were that far up. They're really good. Um, I'll set that line at six-point favorites for the Thunder. Six-point favorites for the Thunder. On a second, I have a back-to-back. -back. I can't. I, I can hope, but I can't predict the Blazers will win that one. So I'm gonna just. I'm gonna just give me the spread, Blazers. Like, what you said, six and a half? No, seven and a half. Yeah, I'll say six. Six. Okay, yeah. So I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take Blazers on the spread. But ah, man. Yeah. How is and it, man? That, like, uh, then that wraps it up. We're, we're looking at. We're looking at these teams like Dallas and OKC. We all going into the season, we were acting like these teams didn't have much on their roster. Yep. All they've got is a good point guard, and they're producing. Obviously, beyond their point guard, they at least have a mostly healthy roster, so they still have an edge on Portland. But damn, man, why, why can't Dame get our team to throw together? Like I don't this? know what's happening, man. It was we oh. came in super optimistic, but it's basketball rough. gods this year aren't aren't shining on us. They are not. They're not shining on us. But you know who is shining on us? We got listener questions this week, bro. We have Let's we had people right in. So uh, we already got to Leighton Porter. I got three more here. First one coming from MapQuest Malnati at Malnati. This is, a, I think he asked us this maybe at the end of last week, too, so it might be a little bit old, but it's generalized, so tell me what you think. How have you stayed motivated and positive during these painful losses? Yeah, so he was talking about last week's games and got it in a little late. Still applies this week. Still works out. Um, yeah, how have you stayed motivated during these losses? What are your current bright spots of the team? Seeing Hazonia score a few buckets last game was one for me. I, I'll, let me let me start here. I got to say, I'm with him. Seeing Hazonia play well, I like it. I like seeing it because I'm so disappointed in how badly he's played so far this season for us. Uh, the problem is I'm not sure if I really have faith in him yet as far as continuing to play well. We'll have to see how that goes. What about you, Ty? How are you handling these painful losses, and what are your bright spots? Um, I'm handling this year. I'm just not, I don't know. I don't, I've just, like, accepted the fate of the Blazers right now. Um, That's fair. <laughs> uh, I'm not tuning into every game on TV right now at the moment. I've been kind of busy, so I haven't in like put my two and a half, three hours into it all the time like I'm used to doing, so I'm not getting as frustrated that way. Um, I just I understand the problems. Um, I'm looking forward to the future. I'm a big draft guy and big free agency guy. Okay. So I can look ahead and kind of start looking to, for like draft prospects or new guys who are in the market, what new guys might fit the scheme. So... Uh, looking at in it that way, looking at a bigger picture, realizing I have a lot more years of Blazer fandom ahead of me. Um, sports betting is also something I picked up the last <laughs> really the last couple of months. Uh, so that betting on other games, uh, football season is how I get through. So there's a lot of different things. I keep myself thoroughly engaged. I used to just really only focus on the Blazers, which I still do a lot, but I've now spread myself out so I don't live and die by them and all my happiness is in them during basketball season. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. That is totally fair. Uh, and uh, let me add to that list as far as things you're using, as far as distractions. I, I You got a good point that some of it is just resignation. You got to admit, look, Blazers are not, this is not their year, but there's plenty more years ahead, plenty of other years of our for our fandom to, to bloom into a championship season. It could happen still. But yeah, and I the young add, guys, that's a good optimistic too, the, the like young Simons guys. and all them. Yeah, the young guys like we talked about, like I talked about with Jamie, seeing a lot of good stuff from Simons, a lot of good stuff from Nas and Jalen Horde as well, man. So hopefully, uh, when we get Skull and Zach back, they can uh, they can produce as well and see some good stuff from them. So we know the Blazers' future core is looking strong. Uh, let me add to the list though, 
the Trailcasters Fantasy League has been keeping me nice and distracted. There I feel like go. looking at that, it helps me look at not just Kyrie Irving's games. back tonight. Stotts Tots. Stotts Tots are happy. We we are excited. The fandom of them, their team, manager, <laughs> players, we're pumped to have Mr. Irving back on the roster. The Stotts Tots fan base. Yeah, you guys are you all, all of you are stoked on on Kyrie, your star guard coming back. Don't call it a comeback, but here comes Stotts Tots. <laughs> yeah man the, the fantasy ball is good though and if you're not into it try it next year maybe or or see if you can it just helps to follow other teams and you're you're looking at other games you're looking at other players who are not just blazers and it's not like you're being less faithful faithful to our roster but just it's a nice distraction and you know and honestly it helps you follow the nba better i think it helps me kind of look at stats and other things in a different way than just being a fan a little more analytically yeah. so yeah it, there's benefit all right ty has got to get running here so we're going to rapid fire these last two my brother carter carter smith wrote in oh he does not have a twitter but he uh sent me this one personally he says maybe i just missed it when he was in portland but i'm so used to babyface myers leonard i thought it was odd to see him with a little cheek scruff cheek scruff in miami excuse me there is he had he a little scruff before i feel like he had a little bit of scruff up here but right now he's got the full-on mutton chops going down in Miami, <sighs> man like he's let it grow in and i i gotta tease carter a little bit here i am uh i i like to uh rock my my i, I like to boast my big full beard over here uh carter my brother got my dad's genetics where their uh their beard is a little bit uh more on the patchy side <laughs> so i think he might be looking at myers leonard with a little bit of jealousy here like uh, but honestly, I if if Carter, if you could grow facial hair, man, I hope you would do it like what My- Myers has right now. I think that would fit you so well, bro. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say Myers has grown into his own in Miami. That was the real question. He said, he said, is Myers all grown up now? And I said, yeah, he's definitely good he's for left Myers. Portland and he's uh, he's left the, uh, the the nest. He's grown up. He's gone from Illinois to Portland, Oregon to now Miami. He deserves it. Did you call it Illinois? What did I say? It. I think you said Illinois, like with the S on there. Oh, no, that's all bad. No, I love it. I love it. I'm, we're, I'm calling it Illinois from now on. Oh, no. It's, it's Illinois. Illinois and <laughs> Arkansas. <laughs> okay, final question. Jonathan at J Sass. He writes us at Trailcast. Look, this dude, he didn't even wait for our question prompt. He just wrote us in. Listeners, you can all do that. You don't need Always. to wait for us to ask for questions. He just says at Trailcasters. He, he tags us straight away. Here's my love crazy that. prediction for the Blazers before the trade deadline. He says Whiteside and Gary Trent and maybe picks to Philly. For Al Horford, or number two, oh here, let's go one by one. What do you think of that? White side. I, am, and Trent I and have recently become on the Al Horford uh, bandwagon. I think he'd be a good fit with the Blazers. I think it could happen. Uh, Philly's not excited as about him. I've heard on a couple like national podcasts, he's just not fitting as well. Yeah. Um, I think he would fit well behind the Blazers as a nice veteran backup big. Yeah. But yeah. I think Al Horford, character-wise and personality-wise, he does have more of kind of a Portland personality, mm-hmm. which kind of he's reserved. He's let's he's say, done his stuff in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, he he's, he's yeah, he's not he's, trying to make a name for himself. He's a common collected veteran, and a lot of those dudes in Philly, it's it's a little bit more showy out there. Yeah, so it doesn't fit. I could see that one. Don't know the numbers right off the top of my head, but we're rapid firing this. So we'll have to come back to that later. Trade option number two that Jonathan puts out there: Bazemore and two second-round picks for Aaron Gordon in Orlando. I love this idea. I want Aaron Gordon here. If you could get him for Bazemore and mm-hmm. two second rounders, I say do it. Oh, yeah. I think you definitely do it. I don't know if Orlando would do it with second rounders. I think they really value Aaron Gordon. Yeah, that's the trouble. But, uh, yeah, if you can get it, or even like a second and maybe even a first, I think you do it because that, that dude's talented. If if they want another player in addition to Bazemore instead of two second round picks, if, like if we get Aaron Gordon but we had to give up Bazemore and... Gary Trent or Scow. Okay, but you're not going higher than that. You're not giving up uh, Zach or Nas or okay. Nope. Not okay. I think Collins, Little, and Simons are not untouchable. But I mean, you got to 
put you a pretty good more. player in there. Okay, a pretty cool. nice player. The the weird trade I'm on is I don't think it'll happen, but it was something I put on Twitter the other day. Was the Blazers trading CJ McCollum, Whiteside, maybe some picks or some young assets for Horford and Ben Simmons? <laughs> oh yeah, I saw you throw that up there. That's interesting, man. I don't know how I feel about Ben Simmons as a fit here. We, uh, but you know, that's I'm not gonna say no. That's a lot of talent. I'll let that just stew for everybody <laughs> for now. <laughs> I saw it was some good Twitter discussion on there too, though. I saw some people firing at you and agreeing with you on both sides. So yeah, uh, that's interesting. I like that. Okay, third option from Jay Sass. Blazers signed Greg Monroe to a 10-day contract. <laughs> that ain't happening. He's, Bro. he's in, like, China or something, isn't he? Yeah, I'm sure. I feel like that one had to be thrown in there as just Definitely. kind of the, the joke at the end there. But thank you for that, bro. That got a laugh out of us. Uh, I, I like those first two, though. Wh- uh, how about that? Which would you prefer, Aaron Gordon or Al Horford coming to Portland, if we can make a swing? Aaron Gordon. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Aaron Gordon would be a great piece. Younger, athletic forward for us to uh, to get in here for the future. All right. That's all we got for, for today. Listeners, thank you for all those questions. Write in more. I, we, I love getting those trade ideas like that. We'd love to get more kind of bet or like kind of uh, prop bets or betting lines, anything you guys want to throw out there. Any other questions, comments, Blazer-centric or otherwise, send them our way. And as always, one of you each week will get a card from TD Sports Cards and Ty's Card Van. So today I'm going to one, uh, random.org and put in one through four, and it's going to be... Number three, and number three in the order they came in was one, two, three, Leighton Porter, at Leighton T. Porter, asking about why side in the line against the Bucks. You have won today. Congratulations, Sir Ty. What do we have for Leighton? A Shabazz Napier card. Yeah. A throwback. There we go. There we go. Uh, shout out to Shabazz, seeing him in Minnesota the other night. Uh, good stuff, man. Well, congratulations to Leighton. We appreciate you guys all writing in. Uh, and hey, if just because you won this week doesn't mean you can't next week. So Leighton and everybody else, write in more questions. Get us more of these. We want, I want to spend. If we could do an entire mailbag pod. Oh yeah. Like I would. I would do an additional pod each week. If we got enough questions where we had to just mm-hmm. make a whole another pod out of it, I would do that, man. It's on the listeners. <laughs> yeah, it's on you guys. Get those in here. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> in closing, your oh no, no, we're not doing the closing yet. Ty. If listeners wanted to write us more of those questions, where could they write us at? At Trailcasters. And if they want to send us a fancy dancing email, what is our email address, sir? At Trailcasters at gmail.com. That is correct. And if they are uh, trying to give us a rating uh, wherever they find this podcast, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere they find it, what ratings are we looking for? Five mother effing stars. <laughs> Five mother effing stars. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> that got me. Uh, and uh, and these beautiful beasts, where can they find these beasts from our guy, Odar? SoundCloud.com slash Odar Beats. That is correct. And also, please always go and support Clearly Speaking. That is Brendan Nuckton at ClearlySpeakingOregon.com. In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Ty, as always. Thank you to Odar for those fat beats. And thank you to Brenda for uh, Brenda and Clearly Speaking for that sponsorship. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening. As always, we hope you enjoy your Blazers, Europe City Basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again. And please come back next week for the next edition of The Trailcasters. Trailcasters. <laughs> nice. Awesome, man. 